Welcome back to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly Sarlo. I'm Karen. We're doing part two of change. Um, I asked you to do, to do a part two, um, partly because when I think about some of the things we were saying earlier about how difficult change is, I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about how um, we do help people make change by using our gifts and the different intentions people can come with in the spirit world can come with um, to help people who do want to change. And sometimes even really get uh, the people who are stuck unstuck mm-hmm. because it's why they come to see us is to get unstuck when mm-hmm. they can't change. So if they heard just the first part, they might think, wow, that was, I'll say, not a difficult conversation, a truthful one about how, how hard that is. But one of the things that came to my mind when we were um, getting our or our breakfast um, was about the change that I get. We get to see from lifetime to lifetime, and how we get to see where people are creating patterns. And one of the va- favorite things that I love doing with people, and I know you do, um, has to do with seeing the pattern, and that they may be picking the same partner over and over again to play out the roles, but with different beliefs or or trying different strategies Mm -hmm. so that they can find, um, uh, I'll say a more positive, but a a more loving way um, of being able to change and grow from lifetime to lifetime and not just in one lifetime. Right. So past lives. Yes. And that those past lives can show the pattern of their own behavior and that because of their own behavior and their own beliefs, that they find themselves with the same type of partner experiencing the same relationship. Or the same type of career. Yes. <clears throat> and, and, and this is where, where full responsibility in the spirit world comes back <coughs> to that soul's growth. And that the person or persons that you pick or job or jobs that you pick. I don't know why I said jobs jobs that you pick um, are the ones that are there to facilitate your very growth and that it's your responsibility to be able to see that bigger picture but that so many people can't or don't and that's why we get to do it Mm -hmm. we get to see that they may pick nursing or they may pick healthcare over and over and over again or teaching repetitively and lifetime to lifetime to work through codependent issues to work through healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. so they pick careers where Either that is something that they can do because that career really provides them with the safety of having boundaries um, or where they're in that career and they're breaking all the safety of those boundaries. And so they think they're such good caretakers because they don't follow rules Um, and that that's their lesson. They might not get that lesson until they're reprimanded or fired or complained about or they had burnout or fibromyalgia and there's all kinds of different things, but that the pattern also is contained within the body and within the, the illness or the injury or this, the, how they feel and that they might blame somebody else for this sore back or this hip issue. It's the job. It's, it's, you know, my, my partner frustrates me all the time, um, or whatever, or some people that don't even know that there is a correlation that there is and that being able to see the lifetimes both by what the pattern is and in the behavior the relationship and the body pain good mm-hmm. okay 
So do you have uh, any, do you want to add anything or give an example or does that bring to mind any clients that you've had? Hmm. I, I think my head goes to a lot of different places and uh, I will outright admit that sometimes I just like listening to you. <laughs> sometimes I forget I'm the other person on, on this show. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm like, wow, she's so wise. She's so smart. Oh, good Lord. Um, no, it, it's, it's nice because I, I do, I get very uh, caught up in listening to you and I think that's a good thing. Um, oh, because you're such a, a beautiful listener. Thank you. You don't go into your own headspace trying to think of an answer in advance. You just listen. Mm. And, and I do that as well. And that's why I think sometimes we have our pauses and they're so long. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we have to still process what we think about something because we've just been listening. Mm-hmm. And some people think that by answering too like quickly and thinking as the other person is talking that we're in a conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that a conversation, first of all, is just listening. Mm-hmm. That it's actively being engaged mm-hmm. by being a good silent listener. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so what are you asking me then? If you had any um, clients or workshops or situations where past lives and patterns presented to you helped a person identify change. So we, you were able to see where if they had a series of past lives with a certain type of partner. Okay. Um, one thing comes to mind just right off the bat then uh, with, with that kind of prompt is, um, and, and I'm going to say it again, and some people are going to be like, wow, they defend themselves a lot, but you have to understand that we've been attacked a lot. Um, so I'm not picking on a certain type of career. I'm just, I'm using a specific example of a client that I did have. Um, she, she's a nurse and just like you were saying, caretaker, mm-hmm. um, follows all the rules. I'm just kind of throw that out there cause it was an example that you gave. Yeah. She follows the rules of nursing. Um, however, when she comes home, she's so much defined. Her identity is so wrapped up in being a nurse that she oversteps her boundaries as a mother, oversteps her boundaries as a partner to caretake for both her son and her husband. Oh, yeah. And the heartache <coughs> it was causing her. And Excuse you know what? Actually, I'll back it up. And I won't even say heartache just yet because all she was able to identify in coming here, so her intention or her initial intention was exhaustion. All she thought or all she was aware of was that she didn't have energy okay. and that she was so tired all the time. And oh, she, couldn't, she couldn't explain that. So what came up in her session through past lives but also through listening to the guides talk about her soul contract, about what her and her husband were meant to teach each other and her and her son, um, was that they were there, they were really there to help her um, come out of the one dimension of identity, being mm-hmm. a nurse, being a caretaker, having to have all the answers and problem solve and fix for everyone, right? Um <clears throat> gee, that wouldn't even just apply to just nurses, no, although it's it's exactly. a beautiful example. But that, that could speak to a lot of people in teaching or, geez, just in mm. all kinds and, of places. And I think, I think nursing is a very good drastic example because we all know they work crazy hours. Um, whether it's crazy hours in a day or crazy hours in a week. Um, and especially here in our community when we know that they're so understaffed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the amount of stress and the amount of responsibility that's on all of their shoulders to get a job done. Um, for all of the clients that they very much care about, or the, sorry, the patients that they obviously care about, 
Um, but then not being able to shake that role and walking into the house and thinking you've got to continue being that person. Um, and so like we were talking about in the first episode or the first um, series of change, where are you filling yourself up? Where are you getting your energy back from? And what she didn't know she wanted change. She just knew she was exhausted and needed to know why. Uh, and so again, coming back to her intention of figuring out why am I so exhausted? Why can't I shake this? So what needed to be revealed first was like you say, the pattern. Mm -hmm. So the pattern of saying there's codependency because there's no ability to step back and let someone nurture you. There's no, um, there's no, I don't want to call it an intelligence because I'm not attacking her intelligence, obviously. Um, but there's no acknowledgement of needing to be fulfilling her own needs well her emotional intelligence yes okay her eq so um to me that was a really interesting um i like how you did that kelly i cleared my throat (laughs) we both are um but how you were you were trying to say that you could respect that she had an iq Mm -hmm. but that and and that because she has an education we surmise that that person has an eq Mm -hmm. and 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 we we assume surmise assume um, that because they're educated, they must have intel- emotional intelligence. But how very often we see with a lot of our clients that they don't. Those no. two things do not go together. And and I think, too, um, it's so much of a conditioning from our society um, to not have an emotional IQ, or sorry, an EQ, mm-hmm. um, because it's very much about survival. If she actually had a high EQ, she would have known years ago that the that this field was burning her out. Mm-hmm. She then that would have meant that she needed to change mm-hmm. or stay in her own discomfort. And so by being able to observe that and just, um, I'll say, give it to her in a, in a form of matter of fact, mm-hmm. this is where your exhaustion's coming from. This is where you're not getting a break. Um, she was able to decide for herself if it was a change she actually wanted. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important because, um, to stress that we can do our job even as energy healers to a certain point, but that the person, the client, I'll say, um, has to be willing. There has to be an, as you, as we're both saying, intention, mm-hmm. will, uh, desire, and action. Mm-hmm. Some people think that if they have the will or the desire, that that should be enough, um, but that they they don't need to do anything really about it, or they begin. But like other things in life, they sabotage and break that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's part of what they come to earth to do. I think it's interesting that a lot of people will ask us, what's our, what's my purpose? Meaning what's my career path or am I on it? And that by seeing the past lives and the patterns for a great number of people, it's just to experience who they are. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's to step out of, I'll say, some codependence, whether no matter which role you're playing in the codependence, um, that the self-love and self-nurturing and just self-identity is part of purpose itself. Mm-hmm. It's not to be the movie star or to the, be the athlete or what career am I supposed to have, but who am I supposed to be in it? Mm-hmm. What is my personality? Where are my boundaries? What do I know? What do I think or believe about it? Yeah, and I've, and I've had that conversation with uh, quite a few people other than yourself. And some people will say, well, isn't that selfish? Purpose is supposed to be about serving others, about um, a, a bigger world, right? And and I always say to them, well, right, but it starts with you. So if mm-hmm. your purpose is to 
self-identify and to be self-aware, you know, in doing all of those things, that is, then you go out and present yourself to other people. That, that changes the way you interact. It changes the dynamics between you and your coworkers, your, your children, every, every single person. Um, and, and that becomes worldly. That becomes the big picture. But yeah, they think it's supposed to be this big, magnificent change. And changing, changing, <clears throat> I'll say the world or having a big effect on the world, I think is a very North American concept that we have to leave a footprint, that we have to uh, make a, a mark or a reputation or something. But I think that really what that means to me is that you make a mark on your partner. Mm-hmm. Too many people want to make a mark and have a reputation outside. On YouTube. Yeah, uh, yes, or on a podcast or outs- outside like in a bigger space <coughs> with other people Sorry. that are strangers. But it doesn't really apply to how I treat my kid or my dog mm-hmm. or this partner that I'm looking at every day. Um, and they, they want the bigger picture outside of that. And that's where you get duality. That's where you get two people. Mm-hmm. trying to figure out, well, what's my purpose? So is there a purpose on the outside these walls? or And, and what is my purpose inside these four walls with these this little microorganism of a family or I, yeah. a roommate or I something? Would, I would call that purpose consistency. Yes. And, and I love your term <clears throat> of pur- purpose consistency, but too many people want to just focus on the one that's outside the front door. And not relate purpose to what goes on in here or what goes on within my own body. Mm-hmm. Never mind even these people that I'm sharing this dwelling with, but what is the purpose within my own spirit? What's going on in there? And is that authentic? And do I take the time to bother doing it? That's that's what I call walking, walking the walk. I'm never good with sayings. Is it? <laughs> what did you just ask me? <laughs> Let's just pass it. Okay. <clears throat> I, I don't know why I try with sayings. <laughs> anyway, it's like I don't know. Maybe maybe my ego thinks if I throw out a saying, I sound more intelligent than I am, and I get them wrong, and I know that. <laughs> then I laugh and giggle. So maybe my purpose is humor. <laughs> okay, well, you're that, consistent with that. <laughs> Okay, let's keep going. Um, Well, we were talking about change being a beautiful thing, too. And I don't want to just talk about the results, but the process itself. Because I think so many people people resist the process or rush through the process. And I know I've I've said this to you many times. And are you okay if I've used? Yeah. Okay. when you ask for your sessions and, and you're wanting to know, do I need energy healing? Um, am I done with my anger? Am I over this issue? And it's just like, it happened two days ago. <laughs> no, you're not done with your anger. I love those guys. Yeah. They give me permission to go back. That's what I'm saying. And so it, it's not about forgiveness so quickly. It's not about n- n- not holding on to anger. And we've talked about this before. Anger can be your best friend if you know how to use it properly. It can help you burn bridges that you're not supposed to go back and cross again. It can push you forward to make a different action. Um, like I said, if you're using it properly, it can be it can be a wonderful thing. But we rush this process 
that we're not supposed to feel anger, that we're, we're supposed to be these enlightened beings. Um, Can I say something too, mm-hmm. Kelly, that when <clears throat> Sorry. people want to rush me through my anger, my red flag goes up that they're trying to control me. Yep. Because <clears throat> what's the purpose? I have to kind of pause at that point if they're saying, oh, just let it go. And it's like, okay, what, 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 what purpose does that serve if I rush through this? Because like, I have to be able to sit back and look at that. And I'm, I'm also going to throw in there for the people who say, just let it go. I, I'm going to censor my Mm -hmm. language. Um, sorry. (laughs) I needed to think about that one. I, I hate cliches. You know, I hate them. Um, because we often don't even examine the meaning of them. And if I sit and I think about what let it go means, it really means suppress. Mm-hmm. Because you can't let go of an emotion without first processing it and mm-hmm. understanding what it is you're feeling, why it is you're feeling that, and what needs to come of it. So let it go and rushing through the process is just avoid, deny, mm-hmm. push it Move down. on for my... That's why I said it's about control <clears throat> because it's got something to do with the purpose that the person says it to you. It could even be something like that they're really trying to say to you is, I'm tired of hearing about this. Could you shut up? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. But now I know we're kind of playing both sides here and we're good at doing that. Um, I was specifically referring to when you want to be rid of your anger. So mm-hmm. not about when someone else puts it on you, but you brought up a really good point. Um, when you're saying, am I done? Am I over it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, hold up. You like, we, we deny ourselves time. Mm-hmm. We deny ourselves the time to work through things. We think it's supposed to be done so quickly. Well, and you know what? Having said what I did about other people being tired of hearing it, sometimes we're tired of hearing our own stuff too. Yeah, for sure. And then I have to be able to sit <clears throat> and look at that from a different perspective as well as to why do I feel tired of that? So if I feel tired of it, can I see it from different perspectives? And as soon as I see it from a different perspective, truthfully, my fatigue over repeating the same thought goes away. Because with the new perspective comes a different kind of energy and a different emotion. Mm. So if I'm thinking something over and over again and it makes me sad, then if I take a different perspective, I may no longer feel that sadness. I might feel relief. I might feel happy about something. And if I feel sad and happy, it might put me in thinking, my God, how can I feel those two emotions at the same time? Mm-hmm. Because society might say that that's not, that's not healthy or that's not normal, when in fact it is. Mm-hmm. It is totally normal to be able to be. And if anybody has lost someone to cancer who has suffered, they totally get the conflicting emotions. Or anybody, not just cancer, but anybody that has suffered, that passes away. The combination of feelings of being relieved, of feeling happy that you no longer have to watch that person suffer, but also the sadness that you feel that they're not there. So there's a whole bunch of feelings that come together. And I'll call it a cacophony of emotions. I'll say that the heart can feel comfortably, but that the brain goes into overdrive trying to analyze. And so if we step out of the left side of the brain that wants to process it all, and we just feel the mixture of emotions, it can be an okay process but that we have to be uncomfortable feeling it. Mm -hmm. Because there is a mixture 
And the brain wants to hold on and say, this isn't comfortable. Until eventually, it becomes our new space of comfort. And I'm not saying that we have to hold on to a depression in the process. And people may think, well, she sounds like she's depressed. That's not depression. It's very healthy emotions. Mm-hmm. Good? And, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm sorry, my throat is ridiculous. Um, I'm just thinking about, no, I'm good. Um, certain situations that have happened, I'll say way far, you know, back in the past, um, that... I'll say technically I should be over if it's been over, you know, seven or eight years. Um, I still think about those situations it, and I still get angry at the decisions that I've made. Um, but at the same time, it's not that I bring myself into all of the emotional state that I was in at that time. I use it to remind myself of what I've learned. Perfect. It becomes a frame of reference for me. Mm-hmm. Um or a reference system that if similar situations come up, it's like, okay, well, what did I learn from this? Okay, right. No, that's not what I want to repeat. This is how I wanted to behave in hindsight. So this is how I'm going to move forward now. Because we want to avoid this replicating the emotion that came with it. Right. And so there you have a healthy um, analyzing of the situation. You have a healthy emotional intelligence about it. And then you're able to make a healthy decision Mm-hmm. And, and, and all relating back to change. Right. And yeah. Go ahead. It's, no, it's, it's just good. And, and, and if we are flip-flopping like all over the place, if, if I'm kind of going off, just let me know. But when I think about the past lives and how important they are to show those patterns and that there's a reason that past lives come forward. So some people come into the session and say, I'm not interested in that. That's because they're uneducated. So I take a moment, just a moment, to at least educate them enough to say, you will repeat your patterns of your past lives if you do not take the time and the effort and the work necessary. And this is where we can't keep avoiding. Mm -hmm. This is where our spirit stands up and says, you think you're getting away with this shit? You go for it. We'll give you that same partner for five more marriages, for five more lifetimes. No problem. Mm -hmm. That's the part that got me the first time I heard it. Because I think, and I think a lot of people will will recognize this, that if they're going through their second or third marriage, um, Mm -hmm. they're recognizing patterns. um, You you know, once you get over that honeymoon phase of, okay, this second woman's kind of looking the same as the first woman. Same issues are coming up. Same arguments are happening. um, That we pick very similar partners if we haven't worked through the issue itself, but, but they'll be completely okay with three or four similar marriages in this life. But when they come in for a session and they hear not learning your lesson, not doing your work. Okay. You can do it all again next time. And they go next time, meaning your next life. And they're like, Oh, F that. Yeah. That's when they're willing to do the change. When they think that they're going to die in that mess and that they're going to come back in another lifetime and live it again. And mm-hmm. that they're going to do it over and over till they finally, finally get the work done. And I think it's one of the best things the spirit world has ever said to me. It's on my favorite list of things from the spirit world was we love you enough to keep giving you the same opportunity over and over again until you get it. Not we're going to force it on you. This is karmic. This is, 
uh, retribution. This is retaliation. We're going to make you suffer. Somebody might think, oh my God, I got to marry an alcoholic 10 times. Yeah, you might because you, you're going to have the, I have to be the alcoholic 10 more times. Perfect. Because you're going to be able to have lifetimes where you're either married to him or, or her, or you are that person so that you have to learn the lessons involved. There's no way out, in other words. Mm-hmm. And I think when I heard that, it woke me up. And that's what I really think is an awakening. I think that's when you want to... You, um, Did you oh, get... I lost English. <laughs> I think that's when I got really excited. I think that's when you want to become the sponge. When you mm-hmm. want to literally be able to look at every situation and go, okay, what, what, what am I learning? What am I learning? What yeah. am I learning? Yeah. Because when you hear about repeating it in the next lifetime or the next six lifetimes, it's like, no, 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 getting this one right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Like I say, it was one of the very best things. Well, one off, you know, I've got hundreds on my list. Um, things that I got to see where a spouse would come through is in the mediumship part. And say, oh, we did this six times. And you tell her I finally got it. You know what's really cool? I promise I do listen to you. This is going to be ironic because you just told me I was a really good listener. And I I actually stopped in this conversation. (laughs) Um, Because we were talking about death in the previous episode or whatever we call this. Um, I, I wrote a eulogy for you. Yeah. I remember traveling to Sudbury in the midst of your divorce and writing a eulogy for you. Yeah, you did. And saying, I look, I really want to read this because I know a part of you is dying. And so I want to, I want to honor the part of you that's dying so that we can honor the part that's now changing Yeah, and being birthed. And we had like a mini funeral in the car. (laughs) Why is that coming back Between North Bay and Sudbury. (laughs) Lots of good things happen between North Bay and Sudbury other than Costco. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. chapters (laughs) wow okay yeah I think when you say that Kelly how beautiful that is in that you love that much Mm -hmm. and that you and I are able to recognize process I think of so many people with might might think she wrote a eulogy and her mother's not dead and she read it to her that's creepy that's weird but then I think of how many people go through other aspects of celebrating death, like when they're kids and a bird dies and they hold a little funeral for the bird. Mm-hmm. And, um, you calling me a kid? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, sorry, did I cut you off? We just, okay. If I just may finish that one little piece, mm-hmm. just that we do honor death and that people do celebrate deaths in different ways, whether it's retirement, meaning that it's the death of the of career. Uh, of an aspect of life of a Mm -hmm. role that person played in that career because it's all about the roles um but that if we can recognize it in that way um that then maybe the idea of dying in a relationship like we say whether isn't so scary isn't so scary as we really think it is but that but that we just don't recognize that we do know that it's okay Mm -hmm. because other stuff gets buried on us but we deep down we do know it we forget that little knowing and we put it in a box and we've put it away, but it's time to take it out so that, and often I'll say, quite often, people should get in the habit of taking it out every day. And if they lived at 691 Laurentian Avenue, they'd know we do. <laughs> can I, can I go? Yeah, go. Um, I want to talk about a specific situation that happened between the two of us. Yeah. Um, not too many years ago. 
Um, but I'll rewind. We had been at one of my cousin's weddings uh, in Toronto, and she had a photo booth, oh, which yeah. I just thought was the coolest thing. Um, so she had a photo booth done or for... Um, it was actually her way of doing a guest book. So yeah. you went in, you get a photo done, you get crazy little, you know, pictures, and then you 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 stick your photo in her album, and then you get a copy for yourself. <clears throat> so you and I had gone into the to the booth together at one point, and I kept those photos, and for whatever reason, stored them away somewhere. And years later, I had dug it up and put it on the fridge after you'd gone through your divorce, after you had lost your weight changed your career, done all these kinds of, of big changes in your life, and you got so mad at me. You saw that picture on the fridge, and I think, I want to say that we kind of got into a fight, but a funny fight between the two of us. It was very odd. It was very different. Um, Can I say what I felt? Yeah. I came out of the treatment room. I was standing at the bar top, and I looked over... Um, like a sink, kitchen mm-hmm. sink, and it was on the fridge staring right back at me, and it shocked me. I looked old. Well, yeah, because, I mean, 35 pounds heavier, Coke bottle glasses, a man's haircut. Yeah. Right? Like, it was It was so, uh, it was a different you. Yeah, and I remember feeling angry with her. Mm-hmm. I remember being so angry that I looked like that, felt like that. Um, that I had let my life come to that point, and I felt anger with myself. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, I hate her. Right. I remember this clearly, Kelly. And that's when I lost it. You lost it. I said out loud, oh, my God. I looked at the picture, and I said, I, I wasn't angry with you. Mm-hmm. I was angry with the picture on the fridge, staring back at me, reminding me of who I had been. Mm-hmm. And I said, I hate her. And I said... Do I have to censor my language? No. I said, fuck you. I love her. And I got really upset because um, that was my mom. That was my mom that you were talking about. She was my best friend. Um, She was the person I learned everything from. And growing up, I hadn't seen anything wrong with her. And so I put up that picture because to me it was a very happy memory. Um... And it also, for me, symbolized the beautiful changes that you had made, where you had been and, and where you had um, taken your life to. And I remember going back and forth in a banter where you said she was ugly. And I said that I thought she was beautiful. And you said that she wasn't smart. And I said that she was so well-educated. Um, and you had, you had made the comment about, you know, going through to be office administration and not feeling educated. And I had remembered the bookshelves, the library that we had in our home of self-improvement, self-help books, um, psychology textbooks, and how well-educated I believed you were. Um, <clears throat> do you remember more of the things that you, I'll say, threw? <laughs> I was mad at her that she would stay in a relationship where she wasn't loved, um, where she tried to, I'll say, too hard, was codependent. Um, I was angry with me. I didn't see the hard work. I didn't see the bookshelf. Oh, the bookshelves, mm-hmm. like 500 metaphysical books and oh, so many. Um, 
I didn't see how hard she worked. I saw and was trained to hear the criticism mm -hmm. of me. And so without <clears throat> those people even being around anymore, the tapes were still playing in my head. And these are the old tapes. That's the breaking the pattern. That's the healing. That's, that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about, what change does. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it's neat because in one aspect, I wrote a eulogy for that woman and watched her die, but celebrated her life. Mm -hmm. Because it, you didn't leave when you were fit and grew your hair out and felt pretty and felt strong. It was that woman that left. It was that woman who learned all of her lessons and then transformed into the one that you are now. Mm -hmm. So for me, she was the perfect symbol, or symbol for, for change and for beauty mm -hmm. and for growth. And she was the one that perhaps wasn't walking her talk in the moment, but found her way. And I can recognize in, in like, since that conversation that it was my shame mm -hmm. that and it, we, and it we was talked about that. Yeah. It was my shame that hit me in the face, um, and said, I hate her. It was my shame. And I, now I am a different person that I've kept that picture. It's in my treatment room and I pull it out constantly to show people <laughs> the woman who did all the change mm -hmm. because women people come and see me and think that the woman that they're looking at today is the one that's strong but and also that you've always been this way that's right and I I show them the picture before I show them and say but this is this is the woman that did the work mm -hmm. so I got it at that point and I've not lost it since then that I need her and that she's still a part of me that I need every single day because some of the fears and some of the, the old patterns, the old thoughts, this the way that I was trained to where other people always criticized me that became my own self-talk of self-criticism, those old tapes can come up even though it's been five years down the road and thousands of clients and th so much growth that somewhere there's still that little tape and I need to look at that picture and thank her. And remember that she is still me, that I didn't leave her behind. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, but I wanted to because I felt ashamed. And now I've dealt with that shame. And yet she was the person I loved most in this world. Yes, me too. <laughs> and still is. Mm -hmm. She is my favorite human being. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I, I, you know, you know, our love story is my favorite. Yeah. Thank, thank God. And, and all, all I can say is, is that we keep being, we keep being born onto this planet for that opportunity. For change. For change. And, and so if, if people want to come and book appointments with us or anybody on this planet with these gifts to any degree, or just talk to a <coughs> friend or just, I don't know, whoever your person is. Make your conversations about how you're changing, not and how you're staying in your mess, but how you're changing. Don't sit down one more time at a restaurant at Twigs or wherever. God, we threw out a lot of names here in North Bay of businesses. It's good. Um, it's all the places we love. <laughs> um, but um, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're paddling on the lake to, and you're sitting in a kayak or a paddleboard beside somebody, make every conversation count. love.
it's it's I think we've used the title change um but if you're really choosing authentic change it's love always there's the same thing they have to be or people don't get it mm. it's it's it, and it reminds me and this will be a different topic someday but <coughs> it reminds me of people that want to meditate and they they go to their meditation class and then they're absolute assholes at work Mm-hmm. Or they go to meditation and then they turn around and still want to control their spouses. Or they go to meditation and do the, I won't pick on yoga, but let's face it, meditation and yoga are these new things North Americans are doing to think they're better people. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that there aren't good people that aren't really changing and meditating and doing yoga. But I it's, know. It's the action. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about authenticity. Implementing what it is you believe that you're learning. Yes, and that you're not just segregating it. You're not just, you're not just like, like you and I. We can't, we can't fake being psychics or fake being mediums or medical intuitives, and then walk. You, what Kelly? I'm getting flustered. People. Okay. Well, I'll breathe. Okay. People would say. No, uh, no actually. Okay. <laughs> that was a sniff. <laughs> Everyone just take a minute. (laughs) Okay. People ask if I can turn it off. People ask you if you can turn it off. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, even friends would say, come on out. Just have a drink. Come on out. Just come to a party. Come out. Just do fill in the blank. Can't you turn it off? And it's like, I tried. But if I'm actually being authentic, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> so you've, I figured out through being an authentic person that you don't get to turn it off. Not even when we're sleeping. Not in the grocery store. We don't ever get to turn it off because it's authentic. So you're relating this back to the authentic change yes that people make you can't turn it off well because they wanted me to change it's consistency it goes back to what i said about consistency yes so we want people to change but then we don't always want them to be consistent in their change Mm -hmm. we want it conveniently so and i'm just giving the example of friends just as just as an example because you have to pick something um where say friends wanted me to be able to be use my gifts create my career, take care of myself because they love me, but then go out in public and be something different for them just so that I could be what they needed to me for me to be there, but not all of me. And thank God some of those friends woke up and went, you can't. I see that you can't just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And those friends stuck around and the friends that wanted me to turn it on and off that couldn't see that or accept that, were the ones that just walked away. And that's okay. They're, that's I, When someone walks away from me, that's their choice, and I'm going to completely respect it. Whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend, or a job that says you're no longer, you're not, no longer good for us. Mm-hmm. I can always respect that that's a choice. They have the right to say, I don't love you, or I don't want you, or I don't like you. Cool. And off I go. If I can't, that's my ego. And my ego gets in the way of that change. Mm -hmm. Cool. Good. Yeah, we call it a day. We are. Okay. Thanks for listening. Um, 
We always forget to do this. If you have questions, if there's something that you feel we've left out or a topic you're interested in hearing about, please email us at info at And visit our website that's going to be hosting all kinds of podcasts, um, bysarlows.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.